This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 812, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you, boosted, thoughtful, uh, helping other people, doing what you can, uh, and getting by. Keep doing your thing. Well, it's a vile world, but that's okay. That's where the smart thoughts are today.
Hey, welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 812. I'm Josh Flanagan, and joining us in the uh, in the honorary second chair in place of a much-beloved and missed Connor Kilpatrick is Dr. Ryan Haupt. I mean, we still keep a third chair available for him, working yeah. to appear. Like but... uh, the Passover thing. Is it Passover? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Is Save it, room uh, for Elijah. Elijah, that's what it was. Did you going to say Ezekiel? I was. <laughs> I was going to do that. And uh, for people listening out there, are you a giant anti-Semite, Josh? No, no, I'm, I'm not. My, my whole uh, mother-in-law family, those are all, they're all Jewish, but... I can't seem to remember the details of it, but fact is, I was I was raised very religious, so there well, you go. That's... We don't we don't go to most of those events, <laughs> but yet st- we still have the empty chair just in yeah, case, and yeah. and some um, salt water and parsley to mimic sh- the tears of missing Connor. You should have seen how confused I was at my wedding when the horror started. <laughs> not a, prep you? not a joke. And 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 Lindsay is like, just do it and have fun. And I was like, I literally don't know what's going on. And these people are dropping me from this chair. That <laughs> that's a real thing that happened. We are iFanboy. Every week we skirt the edge of uh, unacceptable things to say. And uh, one of us picks the book they like best from all the stack of comics. We call that the pick of the week. We will talk about... <laughs> I script-bombed Connor last week. And it's still here, and I just script-bombed myself retroactively. Hey, there you go. That's fun. Uh, as the script says, oh, dear God, when will this ever end? Why won't this end? Please make it stop. What have we done to anger you? Oh, Lord, please kill me. <laughs> By Crom, you're right. We're going to talk about the, the pick of the week. We're going to talk about the other books for the week. We'll talk about the patron book pick. We will answer some listener mail if we have time. It's a good time. It's fun. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't read the books we're talking about, uh, then you will probably be fine, but don't get pissy if you if you get something spoiled. The science suggests that being spoiled actually increases your enjoyment of media, not decreases. Well, that's not how I felt about Game of Thrones and social media. But And yet, the science disagrees. Well, <laughs> how do we know these people? I don't. I don't know. I don't even know what the, uh, the what the pseudo rationalization of that is. Ryan, you had the pick. <laughs> I did have the pick, and the pick this week, as I as you might have uh, intuited by me referring to our Lord and Savior Krom, was King Conan number two by Jason Aaron, art by Mahmoud Aswar. Some oh the art, uh, colors by Matthew Wilson, letters by Travis Lantham, and uh, Josh. I understand you're also reading this book, but um, before we get into the discussion. Uh, I think I think Jason. I, I mentioned this in a text thread and got shut down quickly because we're saving it for the show. I think Jason Aaron's working some stuff out about uh, fatherhood and getting older, and those are two things I can relate to hard right now. And doing it through a Conan book is as good a place as any. And I just oh, I dug every page of this. Yeah, I um when looking through my um stack of things that I, I have to catch up on over the over the holidays. Um, at some point I know I noticed this week a King Conan number two and i said well, what was this and i saw jason aaron's name i was like well, what would that happen and so i went back and i found number one and i read it um and and i and i got through that and i just thought oh and i i remembered that you know like oh he's made to do this like he's mm-hmm. jason Aaron is made to write conan uh and you he's, know I was he's really... made to write like old warriors who are yes. kings like because he did and... that a lot with thor too and it just it sings and to, and to get sharks in there somehow. He loves uh, a shark. I love does. that about him. I'm, I'm also a fan of sharks. So I've really enjoy, I really enjoyed his Conan run uh, that he did with uh, Asrar a while back. And then, you know, he left the book. And, uh, and so I was really pleased to see him come back to sort of this. And, and yeah, I, I, the first issue like, I enjoyed. Is what I thought the second issue really left me with, with a, oh, what's going to happen next? How's this Yeah, the second go? issue was, was better. I will yeah. say um, it just it it 
The first issue, you know, Conan gets shipwrecked on an, a really rough and tumble island out in the Western Sea and uh, is confronted by both his uh, Thoth Amet, the, the sorcerer that he often, or Thoth Amon, the sorcerer he is often at odds with in his adventures, and then just a whole bunch of zombies. And this issue, this issue picks up with the two of them kind of having to have a... Um, uneasy alliance to escape all these zombies while Conan also reflects on his time as a king and his time raising his son Khan. And the the con the conflict and I really that was the part that I got into was the flashback and I kind of forgot yeah. that we were in the present on another exactly. one. Um you know but the conflict between like do I take care of my kid or do I teach them how to deal with the with a difficult world and and that you know, that basic question of parenting, which we all are thinking about all the time. You have a little baby and you are thinking about it. And I have, you know, an adolescent kid uh, and and a, and a younger kid. And, and I'm thinking about it all the time. Like, do I, I want to help them here or do I want to be like, get it your damn self and which is better for them? And it's a constant, you know, and, and put in the context of Conan, who, you know, is an, is an all time badass. Was born, I mean, born on the battlefield, literally, sure. you know, um, and, and rose from, being in a clan of barbarians in the far north to king of a great kingdom. And his son has been raised in the context of that kingdom. So his son has all of the benefits of living and being raised in court, which Conan, I think, recognizes on some level is good for him and is easier than he had it growing up. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, but how is this kid going to learn to make his way in the world if he's not pushed a little harder than he's getting pushed, even though his his son seems like a good kid, by and large. And also, he has the exact same name as his dad, except they took an A out. (laughs) It's two N's, though, isn't it? C-O-N-N. Right. Just take the A out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about it that. Um, And I I think the part that actually convinced me that that Conan was doing the right thing was he was just like, well, what's it going to be like when he's king? And I was like, ooh, that's a really good point. Because he won't have context. Did you read the um, Did you read the Duncan Egg novellas set no, in the, no. the Song of Ice and Fire universe? Um, no. this, this had similar vibes to that, where it's like a, a, a kid who may or may not end up as king one day has to live amongst the common people in order to understand them better. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually good novellas, Josh. You should check them out. If okay. If they're available on Audible or whatever. And... Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I liked that he kind of cast his son out of the kingdom and said, like, no one's going to let you back in this kingdom until you've earned it on your own. Get going, which is on some level cruel, but it's the way I don't know. It's it's Conan's best attempt to be the dad that he thinks this kid needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's all you're always going to feel two ways about it. And then it ends on a lava ape. Yeah, well, that that's a little classic comic book stuff right up there with the sharks. And, you know, and, and then as we cut back. You've got this weird thing where, you know, the sorcerer and Conan were in a battle to the death and it was, you know, cruel and they hated each other and whatever. And then they kind of have to team up. And and I, and I, the whole time I was thinking, is Conan going to have like, is he going to like do the right, the hero thing and help the guy? And he did. And I was like, I don't know if I believe that. I So the thing about Conan, from what I understand, um, so a guy I knew back when I was, you know, we were all going to cons all the time and hanging out with people. Um, there's a guy who is a, a, a Robert E. Howard scholar, like a legit scholar wow. of the guy who created um, Conan. And the idea behind Conan on a fundamental level is it, it sort of happened when Robert E. Howard was living in West Texas and the oil barons were coming in. And his observation was that um, 
the people who are coming from the big cities with all the money were actually less honest, less trustworthy, less quote unquote civilized than the rough and tumble Texans who, you know, my word is my bond handshake agreement kind of folks. Mm -hmm. And so Conan is sort of a reflection of that. He's like this idea that, um, when, even though you come from this rural area and you're considered a barbarian, you still have more honor in you than the civilized, than the educated, than the wealthy, than the city folk. So that's sort of, I think, uh, a, a fundamental component of the character that we often see play out where like, if he says he's going to help you, like you may not like the way he does it, but he's going to help you. Right. I was so. there for that conversation. Like as soon as you said, but he's a Robert E. Howard Scott and I locked in, I was like, go on. I am, because I, I don't really know anything. I know the name Robert E. Howard, but that, you know, and I understand that there were novels, and but I don't, I don't know anything about it. Uh, he's, I mean, he's a tragic figure, really. Um, he was pen pals with um, the guy who did Cthulhu, the, the racist dude. Um, I have no idea. Uh, Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, okay. he, was, he was pen pals with H.P. Lovecraft and was probably a closeted gay man and eventually killed himself. And it may have, may not have something to do with his sexuality, but I think like the fact that he created like this big sexy lumbering barbarian dude is not a coincidence in that context either. So yeah, it's a just, it's really fascinating um, sort of history and, and lineage of this character leading up to the story still being told today. I think it's, it's interesting too, because then that can get interpreted because it's been passed on to so many people and, and have done different versions of the story and, and like all of the, the subtext of one thing gets mixed in with the subtext of another. It's really interesting. So as we're, as we're looking back at this issue, um, did you read any of the the Jim Zub Conan issues? I did. How were they? They were good. Okay. They weren't as good as the Jason Aaron stuff, but no. they weren't bad. Um, yeah, I, I I I'm I'm not a huge fan, so I skip past. And uh, but I was just really happy to see Aaron on here. But I was also really glad to see Mahmoud Azrar because I think I remember oh, when their so initial good. run ended, it was like they'll be back at some point, and that was so long ago, I kind of forgot about it. But you know, I remember uh, Azrar. He showed up on an image book, I think, for the first time. I want to say Dynamic Five. The, it was a Jay Ferber the, book. The Jay Ferber soap, uh, soap opera book. Yeah. And, and just since Dynamo then. Dynamo Five? He, yeah, I think. No, maybe. I don't know. But whatever. He, like, and he ended up on some X Men books and just like. And he's developed into such a great artist and, and also just perfect for this. There uh, are three pages in here that he colored himself, mm -hmm. and they're just three gorgeous splash pages of Conan just sort of reflecting on his adventures, you know, fighting a, a Lovecraftian eldritch horror, you know, just getting it on with some women in a pile of gold and just fighting some dudes in a volcano. And I'm just like, oh, you were talking last week on the show about buying original art. If yeah. these pages were not done digitally, like mm -hmm. somebody's going to have a very happy uh, framed painting on their wall if they, they go and buy these. Cause they and were I, I know he has at least a son, I think about my kid's age, maybe a little younger. My interactions with with Mahmoud, like he seems like a really good guy too. So it's always nice to see like talent match with, uh, you know, being in the right place and, and, and a good dude. <laughs> I laughed pretty good at the page. Like we never really learned anything about um, Khan's mom, you know, mm -hmm. whoever uh, birthed him to Conan, and, and she's not really in this story. And there's a moment where they've you know won the battle, and Conan is just he's itching for a fight he just wants to, right. to get back in the action but he's old and his kingdom is at peace and he needs to just let it go but he can't because he's he's a barbarian and he just kind of sulks back to his tent with a he cup has, of wine he has adhd then, i don't know why that's not clear <laughs> <laughs> and um he sulks back to his tent with a goblet of wine and there are just there's like four women just passed out <laughs> in his tent waiting for him to get back and i oh it's so funny that's a common thing in barbarian camps is that the women will just roam around and it's like it's like monkeys in certain parts of thailand and india 
Or uh, General Hooker in the Civil War? Do we need to do a little Civil War education here? I think we should be careful that we don't go too far awry because it would be very easy. Um, there's one, two, there's, there's, yeah, four, four women. And they're, they're, they're not just like, spru- like they're passed out where they lay. Like they exactly. were. Whatever happened before is yeah. still with them and they're recovering. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so it's been some shit that went down. It's just, it's good Conan and it's got the context, the subtext of, of sort of these, these parenting decisions, you know, mm-hmm. I wanna, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, Aaron's got kids. He's got it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's going through it. He's putting in here. I don't. I don't know what the difference is between this and you know Avengers, which you know isn't terrible, but it's not connecting with me in the same way uh, as this does. Um, but it was really good to see like him just come and do some kick-ass issues and have more to go. We're just we're just dads talking about dads. That's all it is. But it's other people pod. can you can enjoy it too. <laughs> Uh, Runner-up for Pick of the Week was Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, number one, story by Chip Zdarsky, art by Rafael De La Torre, colors by Federico Blee, and letters by Clayton Cowles. And speaking of um, having having sexy times in your comic books, this is a, this is a hot book. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah. <laughs> did you read this? I did. I got to say, it didn't make much of an impact on me one way or another, but um, I, I realize like, I don't really care about Electra. I don't know that I ever have. This book, this issue, actually, I think, plugged me into her more than any of the Frank Miller stuff ever did. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, the idea of a woman who just keeps beating her head against the wall, and the wall in this case is Matt Murdock, this just stubborn, beautiful idiot who cannot give up on his Catholicism and his guilt in a way that just makes no sense to her, but she just also can't quit him Um I don't know. It it, <laughs> it it hit a lot of good notes with me, and I was super mm-hmm. into it. So, I think it looked really great. I, um, I did like the twist of of who the villain was at the end. That was not what we expected because I literally I'm reading the thing and basically someone's after her or trying to trick her, whichever. And I just thought, please don't let this be Bullseye again. Mm-hmm. Please. They were and they please. were hinting that it was might be. Yes, exactly. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You're going to go. Because they just did her in Bullseye. Right. Um, so I liked that it was the twist, but at the same time, that character I feel like I've also spent a lot of time with lately. So like taking one villain, one character's villain and moving to another book isn't exactly great, but it's fine. I get why he would do that. And I always I always appreciate seeing Stick. I love that Stick is always just wearing that low baseball cap, just always kind of covering half his face with a baseball cap. Uh, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, I, f- I find that just like no other comic book character has that look. <laughs> that, that <laughs> um, Sam Shepard. Exactly, yeah. Just, just world-weary sensei sort of I don't thing. get his point, though. Like, what's he, what's he, he doesn't care about her. He doesn't, like, he's training her to fight. Like, why? I guess there's there's probably stories that I don't remember. I'm not even gonna say I haven't read them. I'm, I don't remember. And I liked I liked that Electra had the little coffee date with the guy they went to law school with. I'd forgotten that I guess she was in law school with Matt and Foggy and all them for yeah, a bit, but didn't. She was a rich girl, right? Exactly. And um, I really like the the combo Daredevil Electra costume. I think it's interesting looking. I like the way that it kind of flows and moves mm-hmm. um, in, in ways that are a little bit distinct from either her normal costume or her modern costume or Daredevil's costume. Um, and I love a Asai. I think a is an awesome martial arts weapon. I don't love her blunted ones that she uses when she's Daredevil, but whatever, it's fine. But that makes sense. Yeah. I do think that through the normal Daredevil run, especially over the last few months, she has been much more interesting mm-hmm. than Matt Murdock. Like, that part of the story really... Cause she was doing things, and Matt Murdock was just in a crazy prison. 
She doesn't. Um, she doesn't respond correctly to when there's a deer on the road on a snowy, snowy night, though. Did she swerve? Yeah, she swerved. She needs to spend more time in New Hampshire, I think. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I've never. I have never. I know many people who have. My mother has done it on several occasions where she just slammed into a deer. Um, but I've never actually done that. Like I've never seen one in the road that I had to like figure out what to do. Do you have the thing on the front of your truck that'll just obliterate them instead of the your bull car? bar? Yeah. No, but I never had a reason to put it on there until just now. <laughs> I would. I mean, the, they they are effective at preventing your car from being damaged, but they will straight up just kill anything you hit, including people. So <laughs> I think there's some pros and cons there. Well, you can get like a real one, you know, that is like sub a thousand dollars, or you can get like a janky. Two hundred dollar one from Amazon. It's or you can get one from Australia that's made for kangaroos. Bloody ale. <laughs> um, her form on her size isn't great. I'll say that as a person who's done some martial arts with size before. <laughs> that's not how you're supposed to I've use just, them. I've heard you say a lot of nerdy things, and you just top threed it. <laughs> just so we're clear. Well, I just finished season four of Cobra Kai, so I'm, I'm okay. riding high on the martial arts train. <laughs> All right, carry on. But uh, I enjoyed it, and I will keep reading it. But it sounds like you may not necessarily keep reading it. You weren't as into it. I, I have been. I have uh, soured is not is too strong of a word. I have I have begun to lose interest in the Chip Zdarsky Daredevil world um, to a certain extent. I just think we've been going on a long time, and I'm not really sure what the point. I like I like the feeling that like there was a story before, and now it feels like we're now we're just doing a, a, a long run. You know what I mean? That has no mm-hmm. end, and I don't like that feeling. Um, usually, I don't mind it over in the Fantastic Four for some reason, but in the Daredevil stuff. But I, I think, I think Daredevil wears me out as a character. Like he just because it's exactly what you said. He's hard headed. It's just the, he's just going to keep making these same mistakes. It, you, I mean, you sound like a person in Matt's life. Like you're just like Matt, yes, for, yeah, for the love of God, literally, so, just stop. So this book is a person who is like is uh, a codependent. Of Daredevil. <laughs> yes. And I, I don't know. That's not super attractive. Now, it was good. It looked good. I will probably read the next one, but I'm not in love with it. Cool. Well, were yeah. you in love with uh, Rain Number One? Rain Number One probably would have been my pick of the week uh, wow. if I had it. I did not know what it was. I did not know what to expect. Um, Joe Hill uh, didn't write this. He wrote the story that it was adapted from. But normally his stuff is going to come out of uh, it was DC slash um and then it was idw uh but but this was for out of image um and i i had no expectations of it and i thought you know when i started going it's gonna be a horror movie um but what it is is um it's sort of the story of we don't actually know a lot it's the story of this one day uh in boulder colorado uh the a storm came in and instead of rain it were these like uh razor sharp I don't know. Was crystalline, it crystalline knife spear things that came out, and they just killed everybody who had who was outside. Which was a little hard to read given the actual recent tragedy of the wildfires in Boulder, and obviously all of our you know I fan. I caught that. Out there is uh, I caught or, that. Yeah, yeah. It was not lost on me that like your town has experienced a real tragedy very recently, and that really sucks. And I hope everyone out there is okay. Um, so it made it made it a little hard for me to read, having spent a lot of time in the Mountain West, but um, it was still. Really well done issue. So, uh, and it's very, it's a very small story in that sense, Mm -hmm. though. So there's a girl, and and she's got her her girlfriend. So the first person she's ever fallen in love with, 
and and his girlfriend's really supportive and loving mother and this sort of like weird you know all the weird people in the neighborhood the russian stripper and and the the weirdos who who apparently are outside in their neighborhood every day predicting that the end is nigh um and there's this really interesting little kid and uh it's just everything about it it's it's pretty it's a not not like the idea of the sort of this weird natural disaster or whatever isn't but the the way that it's it's um framed in this really small story in this really mm-hmm. small way um from characters who have distinct personalities um it really really pulled me in and and it gave me just enough that I wanted more but I didn't feel like I didn't quite feel like it was just the cold open like you could they, have done this like the the 2012 disaster movie, right? Or San Andreas yeah. or something. You could have done it that way. This this didn't. It kept it, even though it showed you what was going on in the rest of the world. I can't believe they killed the giraffes, Josh. They killed yeah. the giraffes. Not well, cool. Not they're cool. a huge target. I mean, it would they, be impossible they're, they're for them. Tall and narrow. They could have danced between the raindrops. If there's anyway. any wind, any crosswind it's, at all. It's strange to me. It's almost, the the story ends with like, what do I do now? And I get that, but I almost felt like this was a complete story and I don't know that I need to even see what happens next. You know what I mean? I can see that except for the fact that we've had no effect. Yeah. Like there's no, we had a cause and now we don't Mm -hmm. have an, we don't have an effect. So if I did, I mean, I guess if I had a criticism is that I don't really know what the story is because I feel like this is the kickoff event. But I guess that feeling that I had of not not being given enough is what you're saying. There's there's a bit of a short story to it and the sadness and loss. But I I just think there's more to be said. Um, yeah, I can see that art too. Uh, by Zoe Thorogood, who I have never seen before. Uh, I'm I'm a little I don't know how exactly how to describe it, but it was very unique. Um, just, it just it a, has indie comic vibes for days. Like it just felt yeah. like it, I was reading an indie comic from the early 2000s. But at the same time, like the, the craft was there in that I knew. All the characters had been drawn um, differently enough from one another that, uh, you know, I was never confused. I, I knew every single character was. For whatever reason, the introduction of the characters and the differences between them, it has, I, I feel like there's cartoonists I could compare it to, but it's almost like there's elements of it mm-hmm. rather than than it reminds me of a person. So, like, the wide shots, I was getting sort of a Nick Patara vibe, but then the characters themselves are are not that. Um, a, little, a little Nate Powell thrown in there. I think. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, very uh, like interesting, evocative coloring. The colors during the part before the rain comes uh, is a different, is sort of a golden, uh, yellowish kind of thing. The the when the danger starts, the pink shows up in the panels, and then it's sort of greenish and bluish as the as the as the storm comes through, you know, and uh, and then it lightens up a little after the fact. But uh, like literally, the the colors throughout but chris o'halloran i'm sorry i don't mean to um tell a story also as i'm sort of looking through it so that's just it's one of those subtle effects that they can do to tell a story that i thought was used really well and then you know like the the reality of the things hitting uh the the, you know the the needle shard things uh is pretty gross yeah it was graphic really well done in terms of making it scary also, the the I gotta give credit to the the lettering on that. Like every time it they hit something, it's like stab 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 tat tat tat. And there's no panels where that's not happening. Like the 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 sound effects are sort of everywhere in different sizes. And the needles are they're they're like small enough that you kind of think, oh well, you could take a few of those and be okay. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's the it's the volume yeah that that brings people down in a way that's really kind of horrific. 
It was really, it was really, I found it really compelling. And also, you know, I'm not going to discount the fact that like, I just didn't know what it was. I had no idea what to expect. That's and, fun though. And well, usually that's not good is what I'm saying. Like, you know, most comics aren't good. <laughs> it's true. And but if they were, then Joe it would be, Hill. yeah, a- well, but he didn't, he didn't write this. It's just based on a story from him. He did like, he didn't script the thing. It's an, in fact, he did a short story, I think in, in, in uh, prose and so everything else is, you know, so the craft of it, how you tell the story, like they had a good skeleton to work with. But you Listen, still we all work. watched In the Tall Grass on Netflix and agree that it was a great adaptation of a wonderful story we all enjoyed and loved. So, you know, anytime you adapt in Joe Hill, it's going to be fine. We don't all feel that way because I've never Wilson's read a Joe Hill book. In the Grass, everything's fine. All right. I don't, want, I don't watch anything horror related or nearby. So I don't know from nothing. And I figure if his name's on, it's a horror story. Is this a horror story? I don't even know what this is. I guess we'll see. I think I think we need another issue to know. Yep. Really liked it. You should check it out. I'm shocked it wasn't like the patron pick, but whatever. Um, Batman and Robin number three. Batman Robin and Robin and Batman. number one. Robin and Batman. You're right. It's just, it's ingrained. Uh, Robin and Batman number one was a pick of the week from me, which I believe surprised at least Connor. Um, and this is just a th- little three-issue story about Dick Grayson coming into himself. Like understanding who he is, uh, you know, trying to work out being an adolescent whose parents have died, who's working for a sociopath, uh, who has affection issues and and huge parent issues, uh, trying to prove himself and get his 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 adolescent testosterone under control and be sure to be himself. All of those things and done really elegantly by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Gwynn. And um, I really like the first issue. I, I pretty much like the second issue, but I thought that they really brought it home in the third issue. And I, I love a good three-issue miniseries. It is just right to not hang around too long with this kind of story. I think they, they, they got that part correct. Um, you know, the idea is that uh, Killer Croc in this version, I don't think this is canon, but what the fuck do I know, uh, was in the same circus as the Flying Graysons, but he was like a freak in a tank, and he watched them be happy and fly around. And that's why he killed Grayson's parents. And now he wants to figure out who, who um, Dick is. And he, he wants to get revenge on him. And, and Robin's got this thing like, oh, I got to go take care of him. And they keep going, you're not ready for it. And he goes out and he does it anyway. And, you know, he wins. You know, Batman's in the classic uh, trap where he's, he's tied upside down and the water is rising. Uh, you know, and he wins the day by being himself. And... You know, it's like this beautiful, beautiful Dustin Gwynn. You know, I don't know if it's actually watercolors, but it's watercolors. It's almost like it's like the most good looking but unfinished comic book art uh, that you could possibly have. Um, I knew I should know this, and I, I but I couldn't remember wh- like where do Killer Croc's powers come from? And he was literally just born that way. Yeah, I don't know. Crocodile man. I don't even know that's consistent, though. <laughs> Is it okay? Yeah. I, I, He's a weird uh, Croc is Killer Croc's a weird character to me. I, I kind of like this version of him better than I think exists in the main DC continuity. Well, it's it's one of those things with those animals, the animal characters. So you've got like um, the lizard. Uh, the lizard was the other one I was thinking of, and the, he gets done all sorts of different ways. Yeah, you know, there's is he is is the lizard about the savage animal inside all of us? Is that what mm-hmm. Killer Croc is? Is it about you know like? people is it a person who when you when you i guess that's also the savage animal inside us but it's a different version like you know when you peel back everything you take away the civil you know they're just people who who don't care 
or know, is he a person who's been kicked his entire life and right. this is him now he's strong enough to do the kicking i mean that's that's more relatable and more well, I don't know, that's not even true i i think but i kind of i kind of like the fact like him i think clayface is another one of those a lot of these sort of or is he just a cold bastard because he's a reptile and he doesn't feel you know reptiles don't seem to feel emotions the same way mammals do like it's you know that's less interesting yeah, because there's because there's no story there. Un- unless, well, unless it's man versus nature, mm. you know, like there's there's a way to do it all over the place. So, but I I guess the point is like there are certain mid tier villains. They've been around for a long time. That can kind of be all of those things, depending on the whim of the person doing the story. Because we don't, you know, like the lizard gets written a bunch of different ways. Croc gets written. Clayface, you know, there's all sorts of things you can do with it, and I think that leads to the interesting. Like, if they did them the same every time, if you were like, that's not how Mr. Freeze is, then it would, <laughs> it, would, it would get old a lot sooner. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Freeze at least has a super consistent motivation most of the time. Right. Aura. Right. But we don't, like, he always shows up in a different, is he rageful? Is he mm-hmm. calculating? Is he actually really not a bad guy, but he's yeah. driven to do this thing? There's all sorts of ways you can go at it, and I'm really, I don't know, I've really come around to the A, being aware of it, and B, sort of appreciating that, like, do it that way. You know, they do it with Joker, too, but I'm so sick of Joker. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. For, for a guy with a villain's roster bench as deep as Batman's, you don't need to keep going to Joker. It's 60% Joker. He, he The man who is not looking forward to the Batman movie at all with the Riddler said out loud on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't even know. Like, I know there's another Batman movie, but I couldn't have told you. I didn't know They're doing, like, there. the Riddler if he was the Zodiac Killer, and it looks dumb as hell. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I remember... Um, give me Frank Gorshin or give me nothing. When Jim Carrey... Which one's the Jim Carrey? Uh, Batman Forever without Kilmer. I walked out. It, I wasn't, like, in a movie theater. I was. They showed it at school, like, at college, like, in one of the rooms where they would show almost new movies. And, and I watched... A, sec- it for, a second run? Yeah, yeah, and I watched it for, like, ten minutes. I was like, I'm not doing this. I can't, I can't, because I had seen the commercials and thought I'm not doing this. And then when I actually sat down to do it, I was like, I can't do this. But did you get the commemorative glass mug from McDonald's no. celebrating the release of Batman Forever? My no. old roommate in college had, had some of those. So I used to no, I, I, I was, you know, I was Batman, Batman 89 was my jam. And so this was anathema to me. It was just, ugh, it still is. I can't, I don't understand it. Like, I think I, I would get, because, you know, because when I was a kid, you're like, no, Batman's supposed to be serious. Which isn't true, and I'm fine with that part, but it's a b- bad movie's a bad movie. Well, it's also like there's a way in which the Adam Westbert Ward Batman knows its camp in a w- and mm-hmm. plays with it in a way that's yes. fun, whereas Batman Forever, it just didn't seem to understand its what itself was in a way well, that the actors in the movie didn't know what they were doing, you know, what they were supposed to be doing. Right. No, and I was like, well, that's not that's not the Riddler at all. That's just the Joker in a different costume. And right. wait, so is Two Face. Two-Face is just a Joker in a different costume. This is terrible. Anyway, this has nothing to do with anything. I really enjoyed Robin and Batman, all three issues, but I thought that three, like, it, it, you know, and I've read versions of this story a thousand times, but, uh, you know, it was was done really well, very sensitive. Classic for a reason. True enough. Hey, uh, folks out there, folks, listen, folks, I don't ever call anyone folks. I don't don't know where that's coming from. That feels like a... uh, some sort of podcast tick. Uh, uh, folks is good. It's non-gendered. If you like to, because fellows is gendered, so that's not, listen, fellows. 
Uh, you come from academia. They must have said fellow all the time as you, you sipped brandy. And you're I've, I've been a fellow several right. times. Oh, yeah. There's, I didn't know there's actually a title. I forgot about that part. Hey, yeah. if you like this show, uh, this really goes for anything that you listen to on the internet that is listener supported. Uh, but for us specifically, there's patreon.com slash ifanboy. You can directly support the show there. You unlock shows that everybody gets to listen to. There's uh, talk explodes, book explodes, media explodes. One just came out this last week. And be part of a great community over at the um, in the Discord servers, or apparently in the Facebook. Apparently, there are still good things that happen on Facebook. I'm not. I can't be. Do you sure need about me that. to take over the Facebook? I'm still on. Fa- I don't like using Facebook, but I'm still on it. Technically, we could have this conversation another time. Yeah, let's have it. Let's have it in front of the viewers. <laughs> They're not viewers. Um. Anyway, I. I don't, as we get into the new year, as we keep looking at sort of the state that the world is in, I cannot help but be stunned and amazed uh, when people uh, support the show directly for, for people you don't know. Actually, sometimes people you do know support the show, and that's even weirder. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to. But, uh, you know, it's just this, like, a generosity of spirit and sort of just an appreciation for the work of others um, that that really goes a long way right now into helping me not hate every single thing that walks. So thank you for that. That went to a different place than I expected. Uh, you That's cool to, things for cool people. Yeah. ifanboy.threadless.com. Uh, you can find T-shirts and sweatshirts and other kinds of shirts and then other items with 12 designs we have now up there. 12 of them. Our newest design is, gosh, the good old superheroes, which is just beautiful and brilliant. Uh, I'm saying that not because we did it. I'm saying that because the designer, uh, Tio, just killed it on it um same thing with uh, the clint is dead shirt and many of the other things that were done by other people uh but they're the shiny new things and you should check those out get a phone case i keep waffling on which phone case i want to get with, with those designs because i'm gonna get one i just haven't haven't sorted it out yet you can not deal with any of that and go to ifanboy.com slash support where you can find a direct donation to the paypal link uh if you feel like throwing something in our digital virtual tip jar i guess it's not virtual because it's actual currency but who's to say what that is anymore and finally ifanboy.com slash crypto bro now are you (laughs) i don't know enough to tell you i I know (laughs) i know that i mistrust it that's what i know so you're saying don't donate through the blockchain I, or do I, I don't know I don't know either. Yeah, if you don't get it and I don't get it, then then there's something suspect. I kind of understand it, but not enough that I would trust. Is what it. the kids are saying. I wouldn't say that either. Uh, you can go to iPhone.com/slash/Amazon. You can find a general link to Amazon, and you will always see a link to uh, the pick of the week in the books on Booksplode. But also, we are partnered with Bookshop.org. They help out local bookstores, and they will find uh, the links on our – you'll find those links where appropriate on our show. So we're trying to make sure that um, that not only Amazon gets – that's the, the the bulk of sales for selling stuff through there. Uh, bookshop.org is a fantastic organization. So uh, they're going to be uh, part of our, our links and, and affiliate links on the, on the site too when it comes to buying books. So we're I happy. I did all my Christmas shopping that. through bookshop.org. Well, that's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. I have so many backed up books that I don't. I don't buy a lot of books lately because I, I really have to get through. Well, this. I was buying these for other people. So right, was, right, right. You know, people who read books. No, that's a joke. Uh, let's move I along. Came out really much sadder than I intended to. <laughs> I'm so no. I just everybody I know is my age, and they're usually parents and shit. So we all just are like, are you alive? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you have time to read? No. No. Um, except for Connor, who just reads a thousand books, and he sends me a bunch of books. Then I'm like, these are probably great books because he's wonderful at picking out books. But my wife also reads a thousand books. It's oh, that's good. insane. Yeah. yeah, library app, it's great. Listen, Local library listen, probably has an app. Access to the material is not the issue here. <laughs> that's true. That is not. I mean, I have pie. I've 
I mean, I am at any point in my house surrounded by books, and I wouldn't have it any other way unless there was a fire. But um, <laughs> so you're just living in kindling, is what you're saying. Basically, yeah. Justice but, League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number one story by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Scott Goodlewski, colors by Ryan Cody, and letters by Dave Sharp. Did you pick this one up, Josh? Nope. So, so you're just fully at the point where you're not even a Bendis book. You just let it let it go right past you. Uh I didn't even notice it. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a conscious decision. Um, I, I think it's really interesting how into the Legion of Superheroes Bendis is getting. I don't always enjoy the stories. I think tying this one into the Justice League made it a little more accessible for me, except I didn't realize that Black Adam is apparently on the Justice League now. Yep. I don't know if that's a thing they're doing because of the the movies and like Naomi is already on the Justice League. Shouldn't she be on the Teen Titans? She, she just kind of was immediately. I, get, I know, but I listen, when they're teenage superheroes, they need to be on the Teen Titans. It's this is, this is a structure here, Joshua. I mean, it it's what I feels like Bendis for whatever reason is trying to make Legion happen. Yeah. And we're in it for a few years now. I don't I'm not aware of a movie or anything coming up, so I feel like that is the place that he decided to make his niche, mm-hmm. you know, and it was semi-successful, but I didn't. And credit where credit's due. I think Bendis, for a man of his age, and he's older than us, is really still very adept at writing young people um, in ways that I, I want to give him a lot of credit for. Emotionally, mm-hmm. but not literally. Um, Even a little bit literally, like the way, you know, the way that like the Legion talk to each other about like their feelings, it was reminiscent of some of the stuff from mythic quests where you know uh rob mcconaughey was just uh-huh. losing his mind at millennials like it's, right. it was like that but done earnestly uh well i mean he's got his kids have got to be in that he's got in some kids room, in yeah. that area at some point so he's you know obviously very uh empathic and intuitive to that kind of thing so maybe that's what you're you're on about so yeah the story is like the the legion and the justice league both experience this weird inexplicable darkness that pulls members of each team away to other times and it's completely unclear from this one issue how they will end up at odds with each other as teams. It seems to have something to do with the gold lantern. Who's a character I know nothing about. Um, but at least they fixed, I will, I'll tell you, Josh, they fixed John Kent's hair in this issue. And that's important. That's not nothing. That's not yeah. nothing. So that was really uh, all I had to say about that. Fantastic four. Number six eighty four. This would be the second part that wrapped up. Um, I think it was big of the week last time, but the, either way, it was uh, 38. Yeah. Uh, the, the no six eighty three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the revolution has begun. You either get on board or you get left behind. We're using legacy numbers from now on. Um, yeah, the wizard took the Fantastic Four to to court, and this was the second part of that where the 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 adults uh, in Fantastic Four learned how to behave while they proceeded with their case. And then um, Ben Benton Ben, I forget what his name is. The the clone kid Bentley Bentley. That's what it is. Does some shit. Um, to, to win the case and then there's a twist at the end and, and we're left wondering oh no is he the arch villain now but if he is how come dragon's okay with it dragon's not quite okay with it but he's there with him um so we'll see what happens do we have a new super villain do we have a new version of of the wizard who knows um it's a fun comic booky thing uh it's dance lot exercising the exact sort of powers that dance lot should be exercising on this book which is i mean i don't know if there is a better gosh book on the stands as consistently as fantastic four it's just like oh this is exactly what i want it to be and i feel like when i was younger i wouldn't have appreciated it but now just every time it's it's a joy well when you were younger you didn't even appreciate jack kirby which makes yeah well i didn't know to 
just think about the kids today out there. Don't even know. Don't even know how much of their favorite mega movie franchise is based. You know what? On I had a I had a I had a moment yesterday where somebody went by me, and this is going to shock you, wearing Patriots clothing, and and I don't understand it. I mean, like I, I get liking sports or whatever, but like like the I actually the, don't, but that's fine. The reverence, well, whatever. And I thought, oh. They feel about the Patriots like I feel about Jack Kirby. I literally have that thought, and it made me go, "All right." I was talking okay. with a buddy. I was talking with a buddy of mine, and this is building off of that same concept. Who was he? Was perplexed because he's like, "I, I, I like boxing movies." We we're talking about how great Creed is. Sure. Um, and he's like, "I like boxing movies. I have no interest in boxing." I was like, "Yeah, that's because when you watch a boxing movie, you get to know the characters, and right. then you care about the fight in the context of the characters." Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, of course it makes sense. Like, that's it's we speech. are humans I, are we're just storytelling monkeys." We I well, yeah, but so many it. people like the thing that doesn't have the story. But I guess they might know the story that we don't know. Exactly, they plug into it in a way where they they are invested in yeah. the arcs of these real people. In right. ways that we just well, it's like about. I love I love sports underdog movies. They're one of my favorite genres, and you know it's like a disaster movies. The more formulaic, the better. Um, it, you know, it's, it has to be good. But uh, and sports documentaries like Ken Burns baseball is my favorite. Ken Burns. I couldn't sit through a baseball game to save my life right now, but that's because it's not given social context and a story and blah 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 or whatever. So yeah, it's it's totally that thing. I've been watching NBA this year, pretty pretty into pretty into it. And people are like, well, do you have a favorite team? And I'm like, no. Like, I don't care who wins. Yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. Well, speaking of that thing, The Thing, number three, story by Walter Mosley, art by Tom Riley, colors by Jordi Valera, and letters by Joe Sabino. Are you reading this, Josh? No, no. This is a weird book. I don't know who this Walter Mosley fella is. He's a, he's he's a pretty well-known author. Of, like, prose? You talk, and I will let you know. Okay. I looked it up, and I forgot since then. Um, well, were, were you at any point ever hoping to read a book where you get some postcoital thing? Nope. Not well, one time. Then I guess you don't need to check out this issue because that is exactly what you get. Walter <laughs> um, Mosley is an American novelist most widely recognized for his crime fiction. He's right. written best-selling series of best-selling historical mysteries featuring a hard-boiled detective, Easy Rollins, who I believe was portrayed by Denzel Washington in one of his movies. Um, I know the name. I've known the name for a while, but I just haven't read. Uh, he's an African-American man. He, uh, he's 70, so he's been around for a while. Many of the characters in this story that are ancillary to Ben Grimm are African-American, so that makes sense. This is just, it's such a weird book. So, like, in the first issue, Ben just gets real big mad about everything in the way, in the kind of rageful way that Ben Grimm has that's, like, a completely distinct rage from the Hulk in a way that I always find a really interesting dynamic. Yes. And there's like this very shadowy, almost demonic, almost outside of reality figure who's decided like they're, they're just going to fuck with Ben Grimm. And so they um, give this, this kind of messed up dude superpowers enough that he can like fight Ben Grimm and then just make him super jealous that uh, Alicia dumps him. So he ends up dating this, this woman, this um, choreographer, African-American woman choreographer, and her ex-boyfriend just gets real mad at him. And they have like, the, in the second issue, they go to this underground version of New York City that is, I feel like pops up in fiction from time to time, but I always find a completely fascinating concept mm -hmm. of the underground city. And then in the third issue, like they're back from the underground city. And so like that bar with the supermodels from Seinfeld? Uh, more like the <laughs> Neverwhere from Neil Gaiman, but sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and like, you know, they've got, uh, Ben has teamed up with this woman that he went on a blind date with. And she's super into him. And they've got this kid who's clearly got something more going on. I think it's going to be revealed that he's like an Awatu or a part of Awatu's watcher race or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
and you know like he uh doesn't he like tells this woman she's like he's like i don't want to hurt you and she's like it's okay i like it rough and then cut to the l-shaped bed sheets <laughs> so it's uh it's interesting it's just a weird wacky i like book. it i like yeah. it rough go ahead and play with that uh metaphor for a second right he's, <sighs> he's craggly do you think that if you read this book you would know that the writer was a 70 year old man no, actually, I don't because there's Isn't like that interesting, interesting stuff. Only the only suspicion I would have is some of the deep Marvel cuts, but like he's writing about dating apps in ways that feel authentically ludicrous. Um, the the deep Marvel cut is the champion of the universe shows up and fights Ben Grimm. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of a it's a I don't know it's a weird little book. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna see where it goes. Let's go to a corner, to a corner far far away. A long, long time ago. Long time ago and far, far long, away. Long time. Star Wars number 20, story by Charles Soule, who's exclusively in the Star Wars business these days, as far as I can tell. Art by Marco Castiello, with colors by Rochelle Rosenberg, and of course, Clayton Cowles. You always know the letter. They're always holding it down. Uh, talk to me. Talk why'd you add this? Why are we on here? Um, I have been enjoying Charles Soule's run on Star Wars. It's... It's weird. I don't know how you feel about this as in terms of it being like canonical to the films, because I have such a hard time imagining these events taking place in between the movies and like thinking about, I can't, I can't for the life of me think about turning on return of the Jedi and envisioning any of these events having happened to the characters since I last saw them in empire strikes back. Is that, am I making any sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so, that's weird, but it's weird to me that I still enjoy the story, even though I don't really, be- I, I, I don't believe it. I think I feel exactly the same way. It's high-end, officially sanctioned fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to affect the movies. And so even though it is, I guess it is officially canon, this is now part of the story. Right. But I'm not going to, I'm not there are Star Wars stories that I have read in my past that I do consider when I watch the movies to a certain extent. So we're talking about some of those earlier novels from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the Zahn stuff happened afterwards. Shadows of the Empire, I guess, is the one that I'm thinking of, and and then some of the Tales of the Bounty Hunter. I kind of think of that stuff in terms of, but I'm not letting anything else in. Like I don't even think of the, you know, any of the movies, any of the six movies or how you know however many actually, as being real. Yeah. You know, in that sense, we're talking about the original three movies. Those things stand on their own. And so yep. then this is just, it's jazz. It's just like, let's play within these and do some cover versions, and you can do a really, you know, really good, inter- and, it's, and you can have fun with it. If, it's, I, if this is jazz, I feel like um, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash, where I'm just, I just want to be telling Charles Soule, not, not quite my tempo. Not, not quite my tempo. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, it's such a tightrope. Star Wars, I mean, this is anything really, but especially Star Wars. Like, you know, Connor and I have, and Ron have talked about this is that this is, Star Wars is pretty much the same as religion. It's the closest thing we have. It is. And so your interpretation of that uh, in the more Protestant version, uh, you know, is, is what it is. It's your relationship with your God. And, you know, he can come in there and play a thing. And, and But really, the interesting thing about it is how he's going to interpret it, not is this right or wrong? Mm-hmm. So in that context, 
I still I enjoy the Star Wars books. I don't know. I do what, too. And I don't I, know what the legacy some, number on this is, but it's higher than twenty. And um, in in this issue, Luke essentially goes to a, a a planet of mushrooms and gets high and talks to a Jedi in like the the Jedi version of Black Panther's um, astral plane with yeah. all the ancestors. That's kind of cool. I don't know. I just dug it. It was a good conversation. I, I, it's funny because he goes in, he has this conversation with a Jedi, and I really, I expect it to go arch. I expect it something to happen, and it kind of didn't. Yeah. Jedi was just kind of a cool dude. It was like a guy who was, yeah, like saying, uh, you don't have to do this. And he I was, thought, he was the, the youth pastor who turns the chair around and says, hey, listen up, kids. Yeah, but but he meant it. Like he's like, you don't have to do this. And I thought, oh, he's gonna try. This is gonna be a dark side trick because that's what every other story has been. But really, it was just saying, you know, just because you're they're saying you're a Jedi and you have some of this, like you don't have to do this whole thing. Right. And you know, then the, he has the hero's moment. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this because that's what Luke would do, as opposed to anything that happened in um, the eighth movie. The, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's sorry. The the. I, I have mixed feelings about the... It feels like a retcon that everyone's come around to say, like, oh, the Jedi always sucked. I'm like, no, they didn't. The Jedi were cool as hell. And I have, right. a, I have a hard time with that sort of... It feels like they're making excuses for movies that just didn't tell the story as well as it could have been told, if I'm being as charitable as possible. And I I kind of like that Luke still believes in the idea of being a Jedi, and it, that to me is important to him it's as the, a character. It's the one place that I think I can stick, not the one place, because I think you've got Star Wars, Superman, that kind of thing, but it's one of the places that I can go with the sort of, like, no, I, I don't want to look at the other side. I don't want to look at, I don't want to compare it to reality. I don't want to see like, yeah, but what about how the Jedi negatively affected other communities? And like, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. I want yeah. them to be the good guys, and I want the Empire to be the bad guys. I don't need nuance in this case. I have a I have a really special relationship with characters who are heroic and competent and try to avoid violence, and I've always admired that about Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, this was an enjoyable Star Wars corner. Thank you for joining me in this corner, Josh. All right, uh, those are the books that we wanted to talk about. We're going to slide along quickly now. Uh, the pick of the patron pick as uh, the the patrons get to vote. That's another thing about being a patron. That's rad. They pick on the uh, they pick the the book that they would like us to read and talk about. And this week it is Savage Avengers number twenty eight um, by Jerry Duggan, uh, art by Patrick Zercher, colors by Hava Tartaglia, and letters by Travis Lanham. Um, more Conan. Yeah, we're going to start the show with Conan and end with Conan. Conan and Kang. Conan and Kang. That's not How does that feel when you say it out loud? It's almost, it's almost like it's trying to stack too many things. It's like, yeah, it's pizza, but it has Oreos on it. Well, hold on. Is that a good idea? Ungapachka. Oh, I don't know what that is. I think it's, it's a Vietnamese or a Thai term for when there's just one too many things. Mm -hmm. A hat on a hat, you know? So I don't I don't believe this was that. Oh, it's Yiddish. Sorry. We have here the sort of end of the long uh, Savage Avengers arc. I think which neither of, of us were reading. No, but I did drop in a few times here and there. Once was a once was a um, patron pick, and then another couple of times was I, I got you know like I would say I've read four of these, and I kind of enjoyed it. But then I'd go the next week, and I'd be like, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Yeah. But the stuff that I dropped in on when I was sort of able to grasp it, I, I did enjoy it. And I kind of liked that we were reading. I wouldn't have known otherwise to sort of read the end of the Conan saga in the Marvel universe proper. 
and I, I thought it worked. I don't really know how we got to this point, but I understood like, okay, him and Kang have gone back in time to stop the villain from being a villain. And originally it was, would you kill Hitler? And then it turned out to like, well, what if we change things? And it was, I'm going to teach him how to be a warrior as opposed to becoming an evil sorcerer. And it seemed to work, but then there's, there's, cause Kang is involved. There's backtracking and they are setting us up with the fact that Conan is like the most badass of all. The, he's you know like he out Captain Americas and Batman's everybody. Like he's, he's well, and that's kind of yeah, that's kind of a, a gimmick of Conan. Like he's just he's unstoppable, he's undefeatable, he's indefatigable. Uh, and I like the part of this that did work was that Kang actually has begrudging respect for Conan, mm-hmm. and I, I kind of dug that. Yeah, uh, my my absolute favorite moment is when the kid. Uh, has to shoot the deer and he's only got the one arrow and he asks Conan, you know, would you have let me starve in the woods? And Conan just has a, takes a beat and says, we'll never know. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good, Conan. It, it was easy to get this mixed up with the King Conan because there is like... A lot of father-son stuff. Yeah, and the the kid basically looks the same, you know. Like yeah, it's, it does. Um, so it's a little confusing, you know, but... Are you, um, how are you on your Kang saturation levels these days? I'm fine. You're good, okay. Because it feels like we're getting a lot more Kang than we used to. We are, and it is gonna it is gonna hit a tipping point, especially when whatever the MCU version of it is comes in and it changes Kang. But what we have right now is is a lot of classic Kang. Like he still mm-hmm. looks like Kang. They haven't given him like a, a newer, updated leather suit. Um, a lot of people are getting Kang right. I think that what we're doing is a lot of people have had a Kang, some Kang in them, and they've been holding on to it for a while. And now is the time. You know, it'd be better maybe if it was spread out a little bit, but, you know, none of it's been very bad. It's all yep. been kind of fun. This is fun Kang. You know, he comes back to his, he's got his, Kang Stantinople. <laughs> that was so, I, <laughs> I did laugh out loud at that. It was so dumb. You know, and he's got, he's got everything there. He's beaten everybody. He's, you know, he's got, is that cable back there? He's got the, the Infinity Gauntlet. He's got the Maestro. Uh, you know, he's got the red red skull's head. Because the uh, other one is Logan. Yep. And he you know, and and Conan had said the one thing you don't you don't have my sword back there, but it turns out he does have it in a uh in a special room. He also stole a fried chicken drum, drumstick from the Avengers and put it in the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Fried chicken is delicious. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. I don't, if, but the, 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 it's crazy to me that he didn't finish it. That's the that's the wild part. Well, that's how you get to be the conqueror. I guess so. Sitting yeah. around eating chicken. Self-control. So he looks at the sword and he notices that something has changed in the past where he, Conan had uh, scrawled on his sword, this isn't over. I you know. don't think Conan's literate. Of course he is. No. He, pick, he probably picked it up while he was in the 616 universe maybe and then there's a nice little essay because god forbid you do a comic book that hasn't doesn't have an essay but i liked what jerry duggan had to say about his thinking on conan and then there's actually one more page that i'm very glad that i didn't quite miss yeah um because kang then goes back or brings him back no he brings him back it was a little unclear but yeah no because he says welcome back to 20 to 2022 and then like they're gonna have a fight but it kind of ends just on that it's it's just it's like, oh, this will keep going, and it, it's ongoing. and But it won't keep going for us because we're done reading it, and now we have to rate it. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. Um, what, you want to go first? You want to rate? Ratings. Yes, I will go first. I will give this a four. It was four. pretty good. 
Four, it was. It was pretty good. And I, it, was, it was all the better for, like, not having had read everything before it. I totally knew what was going on. I was, yeah. n- I was never lost one time, you know, and, and it didn't rely. It was just good storytelling in that way. Um, the art was good, not mm-hmm. amazing. But, you know, I was like, that's Kang. You got Kang right. Um, I feel like it's hard to get Conan wrong. Yeah. It's like, it's the one thing that all comic book people start with. Is well, especially because like cloth. most, yeah, like most comic book characters are drawn as if they were naked and their, their costume has right. been painted on. And so to have a character who's functionally naked most of the time just makes it easier, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, four. four. Uh, is, is there, is there, are there more? Is there, are they done with the series? I don't know. All right. I'm going to go, what, I'm going to go look at a comic book news site. Well, either way, is as a sort of story, twenty eight issues is pretty good for an arc, and uh, you know, you think of how bad it could have been to mm-hmm. put Conan on an Avengers team. Oh, it could have been awful. Yeah, and it wasn't. So, yep, it's the right mood. So that is uh, that's the patron pick for the week. Thank you for the patrons for voting uh, and for giving us a fun issue to read. Um, now, every week, we thank a few... Can you tell that Connor always runs the show? And I, I don't. Like I'm, I'm color commentary guy. I don't do play-by-play. Every week, we thank a few people who have supported us uh, at, at patreon.com slash ifanboy. Um, and we give them dumb superpowers. And is there any way I can convince you to go first while well, I think? Yes, you can, because I thought of one ahead of time that I'm real proud of. Okay. Um, do you want me to go with the name I've been assigned or the first name on the list? Go with the one name that you're assigned. Power that D.V. Villeneuve knew. Villeneuve? Villeneuve? The director? Did D.V. Villeneuve? No. Villeneuve. Yeah, sure. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Apologies if not. Um, They have a really amazing power. And it's that whenever they need to, they can manifest a map as a tattoo anywhere on their body. Oh, wow. So like if they, and it, and it can it'll fade quickly if they need it to but like if they're lost somewhere in a, in a city they can pull up a map on their stomach and look down and figure out where they're going. Okay. Any map. It doesn't have to be real. It can be fictional too. Like Middle Earth, you, you got it. You need you need to see Middle Earth on my palm? Here it is. I mean it sa- kind of sounds like just a smartphone. Yeah, but it's it's a tattoo on their skin. Right, and he doesn't need a signal. Yep. To do that. All right. So any map they need. Or just okay. for fun, just as a party trick. It's they just can pull it up. Trevor Williams can uh, take any any thing that is uh, a big enough platform to stand on and turn it into uh, a hovering, uh, de- you know, device, magic carpet, silver surface surfboard, hoverboard, these kind of things. He can he can locomotivate. So it can it can both hover and propulse. Yes, yes. You can turn it into his his little personal have vehicle. Been, have you been watching the Boba Fett shows? Are you getting? Is this a Star Wars thing? No, no. My son got a hoverboard. Oh. And uh, it's much harder for me than him. <laughs> and Not the, for Trevor. Trevor got it. No, Trevor. But he doesn't even need to buy. You know, he doesn't need to look through all the listings of all the various no name Chinese junk and wonder if he's going to get screwed. When he buys a hoverboard or, you know, or to buy the Segway brand, which costs a lot more, but is probably more reliable. He doesn't have to do that because he can just be like me and this coffee table are taking off. Does it is there a max? Is there an upper limit, an upper threshold? Like if he's on a cruise ship, can he hover? the? No, no, no. It's a personal. It's got it's like for him to stand on. So, you know, within reason, I'd say. You know, he couldn't put other people on it. You know, it's 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 uh, maybe like a dining room table. If he was 
in a car with Clark Kent, would he be able to tell if Clark was really driving the car or if Clark was just flying the car using his powers? I don't think he'd know. Because that was a big, we had a big discussion in the Discord about that. I don't have time for that. I okay. can't. I, my mind started going, and you, did you hear that pause? And I just thought, we're over. We can't do that. Okay. It's not a good idea. Even though we're over, can we do a question? You're in charge of this one, my friend. Okay, let's do the second question. How do you feel about that? Sure. Uh, Blake Chastain from Chicago, someone I, I frequently interact with on Twitter. Hello, Blake. Says, hi there. Love the show. Question about Neil Stevenson. Since you're both fans, uh, Blake, what you might not have known is Ryan here, also a fan. Uh, and a bit about mental health since Josh has been open about his own experiences. I'm curious if you've ever stopped, avoided books or other media because of stress of other or other mental health reasons. For instance, I started listening to the audiobook of Seven Eves in March 2020, just as the pandemic and lockdown started. The unfortunate timing led me to stop listening because I simply didn't have the bandwidth. I'm sure as longtime podcasters whose creative work is tied to weekly releases, you feel the need to be timely and have to balance that with other parts of your life. As a fellow podcaster, I'm continually impressed uh, by and thankful for your work, Blake. So it's a good question. It is a good question. I love Seven Eve. Seven Eve might be, it's one of my favorite novels that it, I've ever read. It has, it has replaced or tied Cryptonomicon as my favorite Neil Stevenson slash favorite book. Like, I, I love it that much. And I actually, um, after the pandemic started, I think, I downloaded the audiobook of it just so I could read it again. Uh, and I felt the same way, if not. So I understand completely what you're saying in terms of like this as a pandemic thing and don't want to read it. I'll, I would say to stick with it because it becomes a whole other thing. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, it's great. It's it's many things all at once. Um, but yes, to, the, to answer the actual question is, uh, I think at some point, you know, Connor had a pick of the week and I forget what the book was, but it was uh, it was Jeff Lemire. It was just about a guy who was stuck in his life and he was the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought, like, I don't want that. I can't. I can't do that. I, you know, I think my answer is actually no. I don't think I've ever stopped consuming a piece of media because of mental health reasons. And I, you know, I, I haven't talked about it as openly as you, but I've obviously had struggles with my mental health, too. I think everybody does at some point, if you're being honest with yourself. And it's never led me to not consume media. I'll say um, part of me actually likes feeling emotionally affected by the media I consume. Like the, the, not the Expanse book that just came out that was the end of the series that I loved, but the one before that, um, something happens to a character that I actually cried reading the book. And, Same. And I actually have a hard time even thinking about reading, thinking about reading that passage again without crying. Mm -hmm. uh, the final issue of Why the Last Man will get me every single time. Yeah. I was actually talking to James Syme at Isotope about it, and apparently he, uh, he started just putting tissues in the issue, the final issue of why the last man and selling it with the tissue, which I'm like, Oh James, that's such a you thing to do. And I love it. Um, but in terms of like something actually being tough for my mental health to watch, don't look up. Got me pretty good. I see. I laughed at that like an idiot because it was so, but like as a scientist who actually knows yeah. about climate change and a scientist who's done like worked with policymakers and uh -huh. tried to teach other scientists how yeah. to do policy sure. work. It was infuriating. <laughs> I can get that. I think that it's not like a thing. I think depending on my mood, and I use that in a wider term, from time to time, I will avoid types of things, but they tend to be the types of things that I avoid anyway. I don't generally like um, stuff that where there's no characters that you like. Yeah. Like, I don't I, I, like I watching that stuff that is all about horrible people, but of course, there are exceptions um, because funny 
right, funny always, always trumps that. So, you know, my favorite, I probably all my favorite comedy shows are that, but that's because it gets to be really funny. So Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Seinfeld, Veep, uh, Arrested Development, uh, Succession. Have you finished the most recent season of Always Sunny? No. The finale will make you cry. I'm sure. I the the the, the end. The last season was amazing. Uh, I, I can't have time to get on all that because I could for a yeah. long time. But um, you know, in that way. But I'm trying to think. Like, there's certain shows where it's just um, nihilistic about the world. I think of, I'm thinking of House of Cards, mm. uh, where I was just like, what what was the point of this? Like everything is so awful. You're showing me a, a version of everything that's awful, and it's not funny. Not like Veep. Which, which is, is why Succession has to be a comedy. Exactly. It can't be a, can't right. be a drama, it's, otherwise is, it'd be too depressing. Which is why I didn't watch it at first, because I thought it was just a drama, and I thought, I don't want to see that at all, because it's too real. It's, it's actually relative. you know what, you know, in terms of pandemic stuff, like, I hate, I hate when the pandemic exists in TV shows. I don't want it. Yeah. I also didn't like, I also don't like, it's been like 20 years now, so it's still ongoing, but like. All through the 2000s, there were a lot of movies about the Gulf War that was ongoing. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't want this. Like, I, I. It's, but you love, but you love Three Kings. It's a comedy. That's true. Uh, I did, but also it isn't trying to make. It isn't making. I don't know. It was good. Like, it, there's always an exception to it, but like anything yeah. that's you know, I, sh- uh, I can't. I actually, I can't watch very special episodes or movies about people with Alzheimer's and dementia. I literally almost got choked up talking because I can't do it because I don't think that there's any lesson to be taught. There's a movie coming out, A24. It's an adaptation of a play called The mm-hmm. Humans. Uh-huh. Do not, don't go near yeah. it. It'll, it just, it, it wrecked me in the theater. I saw it uh, on, at the Kennedy Center here in DC yeah. and I saw it with a guy who knew some of the cast. So we went backstage afterwards and the cast mm-hmm. was all just like laughing and t- put on their real clothes. And I was just like, how dare you not act like you just put me through something? Yeah. <laughs> I no, was so I- mad at them. <laughs> I genuinely like I don't think I don't I've always said this about that specific issue is I don't know what the point of it is like we all know it's awful yeah. especially anybody who's been through it like I don't need to be told it's awful I know it's awful I don't need to feel uh, a simulacrum of that emotion which is terrible and, and that was before I even went through it now that I've right. went through it uh, fuck that I won't do it the other side of that coin is like shows like The yes. Wire which seem very bleak and dark I think are actually incredibly hopeful shows well, it's hopeful in the fact that, like, it shows you the humanity beneath all of the people. And so mm. that makes you think, like, oh, we're all stuck in this together as opposed to us against them, maybe? Yeah. Because, you know, because there's just, there's charming criminals, there's charming cops, there's asshole criminals and asshole cops. And, you know, like, oh, Christ, we're all stuck in this, you know, this cycle. And, and, you know, you'll just be the best person you can within that. And that's, you know, it's all in the game. I think just like garbage reality TV is probably bad for my mental health, and I because I, I will oh, get sucked I into it. I'll, I'll get sucked into it if I oh. if I let myself, and I have to. I won't. I can't. I can't deal with it because that, that, that's actually a thing where you know, pandemic. Stupid people. Stupid people yeah. are 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 killing us, and 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 reality shows are about stupid people, and they're made. I'm sorry to say this, but they're made for stupid people. And I don't mean that you're stupid if you watch them. And they're about like encouraging stupid people to behave worse, and and then what, giving it to you in the most packaged formulaic form possible which is what makes them compelling and makes them easy they're junk it's junk food and it's listen food. i fucking love junk food i can't do it in tv form like that but we are very far away from anything that it's a it's a good question but and i'm sure there are things but um i guess what you're saying about seven eves but you, you know what I, I have a black enough sense of humor that like we watched is it called pandemic what was the soderbergh movie outbreak contagion no contain uh 
The Soderbergh movie about that with Jude Law and like it was basically exactly what was happening. Like we watched that right when this all started and it was funny. We watched the um, the quarantine episode of Always Sunny, <laughs> which caused us to do an Always Sunny rewatch, which yep, was yep. fantastic. We're in the I'm taking my wife through it. And now that we've gotten past like the 11th or 12th seasons, it's getting really brilliant and she's super into it. So it's good. Thanks for the question, Blake. Good question. Good question. I'm sorry that we went on so long, but I'm you not. really should find time to go back to Seven Eves. It's not. It's it's so good. Yeah, it really is. One, I, of, the, I one of the most powerful it. page turns in literature that I can remember is that is the moment you know what we're <sighs> talking about. Oh, I got yeah. you. I just literally got chills. Like it, yeah. it's going. My scalp is sort of tingling. Hey, uh, so you can write to us at contact.if contact at ifanboy.com uh you can also write in for the media explode it's helpful if you want to write media explode uh in the subject line so we can do that um this month there will be a talk explode i have to set that up it's already halfway through the month how'd that go um there is a media explode that just came out this past week uh where we talked about the end of succession this last season and we talked about um get back the beatles documentary and some other things we went through there's a patron hangout on january 29th um where we will be uh hanging out for an hour and that's those are those are two things are brought to you by patrons and one of them is for patrons only next month there will be a book explode on ready for this the new teen titans Ju- the judas contract the new edition that's classic uh, yep but it's the new edition with bobby brown and was bobby brown a new edition i don't know um so uh, check that out. That's some that's some George Perez goodness. We're in in honor of of the great man. Oh yes, who's so, still with so us. So sad, but so awesome. Um, there there will someday be a Spider Man No Way Home show, but um, it, 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 the there isn't one now. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Connor and I appeared on the podcast. Can I say something? Hosted by iFanboy patron Damian Sherman. Um, what was he, the answer? He we definitely said something. Oh good. We we said a lot of things. We said enough that afterwards. Connor and I texted each other as is normal as to say, did we sound like assholes? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Probably. And it's that level of insight that makes you better than the people on Always Sunny. Not Maybe. the people who make the show, but right. the, the characters no. as portrayed. I'm way into the podcast right now. Oh, it's so good. I also have a podcast called Science Sort of. It's probably not as good as the Always Sunny podcast, but you can listen to it if you like things that are science and things that are sort of science. I don't know how you're keeping up with that. N- not well. <laughs> Uh, you can find all of our old shows and all the writing that's been done on the website, and uh, some of it's even good. Uh, or at ifanboy.com. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You follow at ifanboy on Twitter and at ifanboy comics on Instagram. You can follow us individually at ja flanagan on Instagram and at ryan haupt on Instagram and haupt on Twitter. That's h a u p t. I never know how much to say the p. I feel like I usually tell people to pronounce it as if you were saying how, like the question with uh-huh. a pt on the end. Haupt. It's, it's 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 one it's like one syllable but some more yeah i i respond to almost um i respond to almost any pronunciation of it just don't uh except for the one where they t- tell me i killed the Lindbergh baby hope it oh yeah you did didn't you that's, that's... I mean, he was a hauptman but still well <laughs> we don't know that <laughs> we, t- we don't <laughs> let's not let's not we don't know uh you can subscribe to our youtube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy and keep up to date with the old video show re-uploads we're just on the minis now the full length shows are all there so if there's ever been a video show that you've been like thinking hey what about that one it's there you just got to find it don't ask me i don't remember uh this past week was the new comics preview for <laughs> july 23 2008 that, that connor is such a completionist that the new comics preview minis <laughs> are going back up 
I I mean, you you understand, obviously, as as yeah. a person, like I think it's ridiculous, but I mean, there's no <laughs> point in telling him, like, hey, why are we bothering with this? I feel okay because he would look at me like an alien. If everyone who's listening to the show right now went and watched it once and just jacked the numbers up, I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> really getting that algorithm if everybody who went and listened to this show uh it wouldn't even make a blip on the youtube channel of my of my kid's favorite minecraft gamer wouldn't be sure to like and subscribe they wouldn't even notice it i hate how they talk hey everyone hey guys with all that said if i never hear with all that said again in my life uh san diego comic-con 2008 preview is the other one which is also if you you dig the show and you dig our descent into madness and old age uh you can leave a star rating on apple podcast wherever you get your podcast uh you can also you know you can go to platforms where you don't actually listen to the show and you can still probably do that rating uh, or review so just copy paste it all around the internet have fun with it but what's even more important than that tell your friends tell your mom tell your kid tell your letter carrier uh, about the, the podcast. I bet letter carriers get through a lot of podcasts in their day. Although whenever I see them, they always seem like they're on the phone. They must have more friends than me. Anyway, um, help us spread the iFanboy love. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Ryan. I'm Ryan. I'm Josh, and I'm just thinking about letter carriers right now. Like, I know what I would do, but maybe they're more extroverted. They get to go to everybody's house, bring them stuff. I can't. There's too many things we haven't had. You, you bring up a lot of thoughts in me. And I, I, I appreciate it and don't appreciate it. We'll see you feelings? next week. What about feelings, though? I don't have a lot of feelings left. All right. Well, stay safe out there. Bye, everyone. We're